Well, today is week three of Lent in the year 2020. We're going to be in the, in the Gospel of John this morning, chapter 5, verses 25 through 29. Today's sermon is entitled, Life Has the Final Word. Life Has the Final Word. I don't know if I said it yet, but hear me. Life has the final word. Praise God. Let's read together from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, beginning of verse 25. Very truly I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed by this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. The word of the Lord from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 25 through 29. So, there's a voice of life and hope. We exist in a culture that is uncomfortable with death. We get a little scared about that by a virus that causes a dry cough and a fever. So we go buy all the toilet paper and stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if you don't think that's funny, but... That cracks me up. Um, you know, I don't know. That cracks me up. Um, so, we are uncomfortable with death. You can tell by the run on the store for other things besides toilet paper. You know, trying to go get some hand sanitizer right now. There's some guy that, uh, I don't know how long it took him to do this, but he accumulated 17,000 containers of hand sanitizer. And then he tried to market them on Amazon.com, and they shut him down and wouldn't let him do it. And, and <laughs> somehow they found out where he lives, and a reporter came and took a picture of him with the garage door open, you know. And, and I'm just, I'm thinking from a personal security viewpoint, why in the world would, you know, you know, if he had anything to do with him finding out where he lives, stop yakking. And, and uh, why would you open your garage door and let them see where it's at? You know, it's, it's for somebody with the right tools and determination, it's pretty quick to get through that garage door. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, if you're going to go there, you got to think this stuff through. Um, so, we're uncomfortable with death as a culture. We avoid it, if at all possible. We have skin care regimens, we get plastic surgery, um, our, we dye our hair to the best of our abilities to keep the signs of aging and of our mortality at bay. We want to be as young as we can for as long as we can, and our actions declare that as a society, um, we either deny or think that growing old is a bad thing. If our employers give us bereavement leave, 
It's like for two or three days. Like, get over it. You know, get back to work. We are a part of a get over it culture. One that doesn't like to sit with death for too long. But, even though we avoid physical or earthly death as much as possible, there are other deaths, other kind of death, all around us. Spiritual death is not so rigorously avoided in our culture. At times, we even see people who seem to run toward spiritual death thinking there's no other way. They don't know any other way to deal with life than to, to run towards that which kills spirit. And, and other times we see people who appear to be trapped in ways of living that promote death. Some by their own making, by the choices they make. Others in, in society and social systems uh, that promote death like poverty and pollution and racism and I can name a bunch of others. Whether by our own making or the making of others, we live in a world that's permeated by spiritual death. Lent, this time of walking with Jesus through the cross and the grave and the resurrection on that glorious Sunday morning, Lent is a season to acknowledge death and confront our own mortality and to reaffirm how very much we are dependent upon God. It is present and, and heavy as we fast and pray prayers of repentance during this season. It seems like we're constantly reminded of death during Lent and during Holy Week that includes Good Friday, that day when Jesus was nailed to a cross until death and put in the grave. Death, it feels so pervasive, so all-present, it can almost be suffocating because we avoid it. And then now we're confronted with it. We may know that feeling in our own lives and see it in people around us. It can be easy to sink into hopelessness and despair in the midst of it all, to let the darkness overwhelm us. But there is a voice calling to us in the midst of that darkness. It may seem far away at times, but it's there. And it is a voice of life and hope. It pulls us from despair and darkness and reminds us that while death holds a tight grip on our world, death does not have the final word. Life does when the dead hear the voice of God. When, when Jesus said these words that are recorded in the Gospel of John chapter 5, many Jews held a belief in the someday resurrection of the dead. It was a common belief in that time that God would come to restore all things one day. They, they often spoke of it with the term the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord would be one of resurrection to judgment, either punishment or reward by God. The day of the Lord tended to revolve in their minds around this judgment. And while the imagery 
throughout the Old Testament tends to allude to destruction, kind of heavy on the destruction side for those who aren't like us and don't believe. It was always toward those who rejected God. The Jews themselves didn't fear the day of the Lord. Instead, they viewed it as the day that all things would be made right. And that's true. The righteous would be raised and they would no longer be oppressed. And how much more significant is what Christ has done for us than just merely a political solution to oppression? The idea that a time was coming when the dead would hear the voice of God was already familiar to the audience when Christ spoke these words. And I'm going to use a big word. There is an eschatological, meaning an end times, end of all times, meaning this text as well. It's resurrection today. It's resurrection at the end of time as we know it, for eternity. We see Jesus in this text affirming their belief that there will be a day that God restores all things. And that's a word for us today. There will be a day that God restores all things. We believe in resurrection. We believe in resurrection. Often our views of salvation and resurrection revolve around something to come in a far-off future. We focus heavily on what happens to us when we die. Where do we go? What happens? We also focus on the idea of Jesus coming again to restore things to this eternal perfection or of God coming to bring judgment upon those who don't believe and who oppress those who do believe. But there's also more to it than that. And with that in mind, let's talk about uh, this Jesus speaking in this passage and the family apprenticeship that he participated in. In Jesus' day, you did the work that your father did. If your father was a fisherman, you learned to become a fisherman from your father. And Jesus is illustrating in the text just before what I read this morning that he, Jesus, is an apprentice to God the Father. What the Father does, Jesus does. From from the Gospel of John chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. So the Son, Jesus, is not working outside of the will of the Father, but Jesus is in the world, was in the world, when he said these things, working as the Father works. Another passage, Jesus said, you, you have seen me, and I'm one with the Father. So seeing Jesus is knowing what the Father's like. So Jesus, the Son, this apprentice of the Father in heaven, 
reveals the fullness of the Father to us. He's working as a Father does. Therefore, the power of resurrection is not relegated only to a future coming, but the power of the resurrection is already at work in the present because Jesus is doing the work of God in the world. It was true 2,000 years ago when he did these things and said these things. It's true today. And verse 21 that I just read explicitly points to Jesus doing the work of resurrection because he is doing the work of his Father. And that is the work of resurrection. So, there's a present resurrection and there's a future to come resurrection. Jesus is the embodiment of God on earth. And we see him here doing the work of God in the present. He still is doing that through the power of the Holy Spirit in his people, the church, and you and I, it's still going on. And the work of Jesus is illustrated in various miracles that he does throughout the Gospel of John. The most obvious one might be in the physical or bodily resurrection of Lazarus. Lazarus is dead, but three days in the tomb, dead. Um, we can find that in John chapter 11. The way Jesus heals others also brings a resurrection into their life. Resurrection from disease. Resurrection from social death. There were people that were completely outcast from society because of uh, their sin and or their sickness, physical sickness. And Jesus gave them resurrection, gave them new life, welcomed them back into society and took away the stigma that had separated them from society. So, we, you know, that's a huge thing. It's not as big as being physically raised from the dead, maybe, but even so, these smaller miracles also all ultimately point to the larger miracle of Jesus' resurrection. Resurrection is not only something that happens in the future, but it's happening now. I hope you feel like you've been resurrected. I certainly do. I can remember the old way of living. I can remember the old fears. I can remember the old habits. And they're gone because I've been raised to newness of life in Christ. Praise God. So it's happening now. Those who listen to Jesus and follow after him experience resurrection in their current lives. Bodily resurrection after death is not the first aspect of resurrection that we experience. It's a continuation of the abundant life already being lived by those who follow after Jesus. I hope you live today and every day feeling like, man, I have an abundance of life by faith in Christ. Our text today is a statement of the already not yet kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here already, and the fullness of it and all that God is going to do has not yet occurred. While God is in fact going to come someday to judge, and there will be a bodily resurrection of the dead. The work of resurrection is already happening. This is important for those of us living in this season of Lent and in this season in our world and in our country where there's, there's something else to fear now. 
We're already living in resurrection power. We've already been forgiven. We've already been set free. We're already with Christ for eternity by faith in Him. We've already been resurrected. While we're in a season of grief and of confronting our mortality and our sin as we go through Lent and travel with Christ to the cross, we still live with the ultimate hope for the life of resurrection. Lent is a time of fasting, but many, in order to illustrate that the resurrection has ultimate power, will suspend their fasting on Sunday when they worship. And, and sometimes we fast from food. There's all kinds of ways we fast. Some people fast from TV or from social media or from their just their favorite food, whatever. You know, and there's many other things that I haven't named. So let Sunday be a day of celebration and resurrection, even during this time. It's a reminder for us to do the work of resurrection in our world, even in a dark It's a reminder for us to do the work of resurrection in our world, even in the face of what seem to be insurmountable obstacles. Just as Jesus was following the way of God and beginning a new work of God in the world, we're to follow in the same way. Let newness of life, let resurrection begin through our living as well. Um, you know what? There are dark and dead places in our world, no surprise, that need the refreshing word of resurrection. There are people all around us that need the refreshing word of resurrection. You can join God in that work. You're not. While this work may not yet be completed, the already not yet kingdom of God, it is good resurrection work to be done in the present today. So the question for us is, are we living like, the, like people of the resurrection now? Are we living like people of the resurrection now? Are we living like people of the resurrection now? Or are we only longing for the coming of God in the future? Are we just isolated and checked out and just can't wait for Jesus to come back so we can be done with all this? We can be at work through our living, through our words, our choices, our attitudes, our gifts. Others can come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. word of resurrection should transform our lives in the present today. Ways we used to gravitate toward death are overcome by the power of the resurrection. Praise God. The work Jesus began is a continuing work in the world through the Holy Spirit and the people of God. The Holy Spirit in us we do not need to fear or avoid death like the culture around us. 
because we have confidence that the work of resurrection is already at work in the world that one day will be fulfilled. That death that we see and we face doesn't have the last word. The work of resurrection has already begun in us. Let me say that again. The work of resurrection has already begun in us. The moment we hear the voice of Christ call out to us with words of life, and the moment we respond in faith, we have already lived in the power of the resurrection. And some of us have compelling stories of the ways that God has changed us from the brink of spiritual and sometimes even physical death. Others of us share a story of how God continues to work resurrection in our everyday life. Just as beautiful ways. We are all people of the resurrection. Called out of darkness and death. Called out into abundant life. While our culture avoids death and places that reek of it, far away, we can look death in the face. We can face it with deep confidence that the resurrection is already at work in our life. We can grieve in hope. And we can work in the dark and broken places. Not with despair, but with hope. We can go there. We can do God's work there with hope. He can make a way where there seems to be no way. It's God's way. And God is at work in the world bringing resurrection life. And we can join him there and through us the resurrection work of Christ can continue and expand. You know the work of resurrection often feels hard and unrelenting. But when we look for it we can see resurrection even in the darkest places, in the midst of Lent, where the days can be long and somber and heavy, we can still celebrate. The power of resurrection is already here in our prayers and confessions, in the midst of our fasting, in our sincere repentance, turning away from sin toward Christ in faith. The work of Jesus again is still at work in the world. The work of Jesus again is still at work in the world. And God intends for his resurrection work to be at work in the world through us. Praise God. Thanks be to God. That's our call. I, I invited Richard and Tay to come back and to, to lead us in worship again. Um, I'd like to see.